We got the circle, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. We got the That tune. means we're live. Toke tunes and talk. Toke tunes and talk. We're here. What is today? I have no idea. It is September, September 9th, 2020. The ninth month. Uh, so we got 9 9 2020, and I just got a message from somebody who I am a little angry at. Nobody's Zach Simpson. So I am Wes with Toke Tunes and Talk. And I am Joe. We are here in uh, Area 420. <laughs> about deep in to the be bunker. Deep in the bunker that is about to be smoked the fuck up. Bunker down. Hunker down, people. But we were just talking about throwing around ideas about what we should do for our first podcast, and it kind of dawned on us that we're we're having to spend a lot of time contemplating gear, contemplating uh, setup. What do you need? What's like the bare minimum? What can you make work? Uh, you know, how does this whole thing work exactly. and everything? You know, because it's it's kind of a new frontier for me uh, in here right. as well. Yeah, there's a and, lot of gear involved, and you want to make sure the quality's there. Right. You and, don't want to waste your time. But but here's the thing. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where you, you're dealing with, with basically the human voice for the most part. So That's not right. a very, you know, crazy hard thing to, 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 to mic, if, if you will. That's correct. Um, and so, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy expensive. It doesn't have to th- be anything crazy nice in order to sound good. That's true. Um. And, and so, you know, that really, and it really opens up the possibility, you know, you, you only need a couple of mic and sometimes you don't even need that. You know, if you've got a decent sounding room and you've got a decent sounding microphone and you can kind of get everybody around it, you can do it with one. That's you know? correct. Some people even just uh, podcast with iPhones. I mean, there are a lot of solo yeah. people who just use an iPhone and uh, more and more there's video podcasting as well. So, um, but what we're trying to do here is we're trying to do kind of a more quality enterprise here. And, and if you want right. to have something that really uh has that sound you know that that is uh there is there is something to be said about poor sound is off-putting that's correct that people will click off of a video or or anything uh, you know if the the uh if the audio is shit so you don't want your audio to be shit and the easiest way to do that is just to put a big old honking microphone right next to your lips oh yeah and uh, run it through, you know, basically any preamp nowadays is going to be sufficient. You can get, you know, your right. old PV Whacker mm-hmm. freaking, you know, 1600 LX Deluxe, you know, run it through oh, there yeah. into your computer and you're golden. You know, I mean, we're in a day and age to where we're not having to deal with tape and in editing That's you correct. know that that involves razor blades you, you know, don't have to pay money fiddle, right every it, time know, you record a minute it right you know it tape wears out film, tapes expensive tape and film but uh cassettes. so like the little setup we got going here is uh west over here's got an sm58 your typical shore normal right. I mean, Vocal it's mic. literally, let's call it the standard the because classic. you don't need anything more expensive than that. I mean, yes, they make better mics, right? but workhorse value for dollar. You can't beat it. And the only one uh, that is kind of in the contention for that is the SM57, which is what mm. I'm talking into, which is actually known more of as an instrumenta- or an instrument go. mic, but those are just merely suggestions those aren't hard and fast rules you can put anything in front of a mic and it can sound good that's correct but uh so we got a couple of uh just sure regular run-of-the-mill mics here hooked up to a couple of boom stands hooked up to a couple of xlr cables 
plugged into a nice old fashioned. What is who makes that? Is it Fostex? That's correct. Fostex. That's that's nostalgic for me. I feel like uh, there's only two recorder or two two main people, you know, um, in in the recording game, um, and it uh, Fostex is one of them. And right at this moment, I'm spacing on the secondary one. I was just about to ask, so who's, it's who's like the second Una, one? Oh, man, Fostex, and I don't think it's Roland. I mean, Roland does a lot of uh, stuff, but it's mainly more drum machine. They, yeah, recorder, they were geared more towards, yeah, more towards MIDI and less um, towards audio. I'm trying to think because I've had, I've had a Tascam. There Task- we go. Ah. Fostex and Tascam. Yeah, I've okay, had four, I'm on board. I've had tape I'm recorders that are four uh, tracks, and those were all Tascam. And then... But this Fostex is a great, uh, uh, you know, little it's a great, machine. It's literally something that you could probably find on the shelf at Goodwill for, you know, next to nothing. Oh, or yeah. Like, you know, people are I, I imagine some and the, the model, particular model for, for people who are interested is the MR-8, the Fostex right. MR-8. It's in red color. It's Yeah, this one's red, uh, a little black mixer section here, and just two inputs. And we've got a couple of, you know, plugging the mics into each one of them. Got yep. a couple of headphones plugged some, into the uh, headphone stands. deck so we can hear what we're doing. Exactly. Just keep it simple. And a lot of it was just gear that was laying around. We just hobbled together. And right. that's a lo- like Joe was saying, um, a-, a lot of it is about uh, the best gear you have is the gear you might have on hand. You know, just start. There shouldn't entry levels low. You don't really need to. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, uh, uh, complicate things more when you're first starting out. You need to just, you know, find something that'll give you that base quality, but you don't have to get what every YouTuber or Joe right. Rogan Right, you don't has, need to go out and buy know? an SM7B. That's, I think, uh, yeah. that's the Joe Rogan mic, you know, that everybody, see, that everybody seems to be using now. That's like... I, Four or five, six hundred dollars yeah, somewhere in there, easily. and it's don't get me wrong, it's a great mic. Obviously, right. everybody uses it, yeah. but do you need that? No. Can yeah. you get a very similar or maybe sometimes better sound out of something else that's cheaper? Absolutely, you right? Can. It's just you know, there's sometimes you know people's voices work well with yeah. different kinds of mics. But there's so. no doubt that Sure is the uh, Sure um, is pretty, uh, uh, pretty, pretty sweet, pr- pretty solid. Uh, Wouldn't turn you know, it down choice. if I had the money. Yeah, I'd probably you know, buy even, one even their those. budget stuff is is pretty solid. So, oh, absolutely. Um, it's like sure, I would, yeah, I would sure take them a, over a other company brands. that's been been around for. That's a, that's another thing too. You know, look out for brands that you know. Uh, that are somewhat Chinese. Like yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little weird. There's a couple brands. Familiar as I'm far gonna, as they haven't been around. I'm for gonna a while. name a couple, okay? And tell me if this doesn't. You, you might. This might sound familiar, but one's called Samsung. Not I Sam, have not heard not of that. Not Samsung. Samsung. Oh wow. And then another one is called Rode. I don't know if you've heard of Rode. R O D E. R O D E. That's correct. Rode. No, that's a legit company. Is that a good company? Yeah, so I've heard a, a lot very about. Very good them. company. Okay. Yes. Those were two They're Australian, where, I believe. Are they? See, I don't know enough yeah. about them. But uh, those were two where I saw a lot of them. I was kind of questioning their their bill quality. Yeah, least. hold on. Actually, because the Samsung. Uh, is something that a couple of YouTubers, when I was kind of researching it, they were suggesting it. And I was kind of like, uh, you know, Samsung's really the base, base, um, acceptable uh, kind of brand and model uh, that they had. And I felt like for not much more, you could get a Shure. And, you know, it's the difference between plastic construction, you know, or molded ABS, whatever you want to call it, and metal construction. You know, all the Shure stuff you're going to get is going to be metal. Okay, you know? so, uh, and so... We might song. both be right on this, actually. So, like, so what There's I'm saying is, so the the road that I'm familiar with is studio microphones, okay. like legitimate condensers, right. very nice condenser mm-hmm. microphones. Um, I actually at one point wanted a, I think it was the NT1000. I think that's, what, I can't remember. Anyway, right. but also I'm seeing now that they do make like uh, sh- uh, shock mounted uh, 
boom microphones for like video that look kind of chintzy like, like they look yeah they're all yeah. plastic like i and i know you know they're supposed to be lightweight or whatever but right. i mean there's a balance a here, lot of brands know? do that a lot of brands i would have prefer to have it to be a little bit heavier option. and know that if i drop it it'll be okay right then right. it like to save a couple I'll, I'll put on you know i'll put on a little bit more muscle it'll gotcha. be okay <laughs> yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah so, that but yeah, so we're kind of, yeah, we were both kind of right there. Like their studio microphones. Great. I, and I have familiarity with familiar, familiarity with those uh-huh. and the, but the shotgun, like the video stuff, I do not. So, okay. gotcha. um, I do know they're a legit company though. I'll okay. tell you that, but they, you know, their video stuff might be crap. That, okay. that, that can be absolutely true. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, moving on. So, uh, what we're looking at in the future here to, uh, get our setup a little bit beefier here because uh, we plan on having some people come in and play some music and uh, right. or uh, maybe some local comedians mm-hmm. come in and tell a couple jokes, mm-hmm. you know, kind of chuck it up a little bit. Um, I have a bad habit of hitting the microphone, people. I'm, I apologize. Um, I lost my train of thought. So we want to bring in some guests. I'll bring in, oh, yeah. So, uh, the way we're, so, so the way we're moving is, you know, Obviously, we're going to need a you know a couple more microphones. We're going to need uh, a couple exactly. more preamps. You know, we're going to have a, a nice little mixer and an odd mixer that I've had for for years that I've just recently figured out how to fix. And it's so rare that literally the, the schematics do not exist on on the internet. Oh. Google cannot find them. That doesn't help you. It much. does not. It's that obscure. And it comes with this cool looking aluminum flight case. And oh, I've got nice. some processors. I've got a couple of compressors. I'm going to bring in here. Nice. And uh, man, I'm just shaking everything in. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to sound terrific. It's going to be interesting. It's going to sound terrific. And, uh, you guys will be witness to that. So like, you know, kind of take note of how we sound now because it's only going to get better. Exactly. We're going up, up, up from here. That's the whole idea really is to expand, you know, and just build upon, I mean, getting that foundation, I think is something where, you know, you don't have to have a pro set up immediately. No one does. And no one should really, because, you know, uh, you, you might not stick around with it. You don't want to overinvest in something. Um, so it's good to just use what you've got, but then build up upon that and try to, you know, improve your setup so you can mm-hmm. get a better, uh, you know, uh, and also too, like it, it, it's not just necessarily upgrading your gear. It's upgrading your knowledge about the gear that you have. So it's That's learning true. how to use the gear that you have better, you know, because for one thing for me personally, that is, I felt was very difficult to learn initially was, uh, equalizing you know eq just learning how oh, to eq yeah. mics properly yeah. and, and what's that a good. frequency thing is exactly that? exactly okay. so you know turning your mids up and down your lows up and down your highs mm. up and down or sometimes um you'll have an equalizer that'll have like little sliders that you can get even finer than that okay uh, those are called graphic equalizers oh, yeah. but uh, on the ones on the mixer board are what are called parametric equalizers which is just you have a knob for low medium and high okay essentially right. um and so, you know, we can kind of tweak the sound a little bit, you know, if we think the mu- it sound, you know, if it sounds a little muffled, we can clear it up a little bit. Right, if it right, sounds maybe right. a little bit too bass heavy, we can cut that out a little bit. We can bit. go for that very white sound. Right, we can make ourselves sound <laughs> like Paul baby. Really <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the beauty really of uh, having that dynamic range and being able to uh, have some flexibility within it is that, you know, you, you might have a bass level you're starting with on your sound, but... Uh, you, you need to have some feedback. It's good to listen to it and, uh, get an idea if everybody sounds, uh, you know, balanced and that the levels are good. And that is something that a lot of people want to do that in software, but, uh, Joe and I were discussing earlier how important it was to really try to get as much right as you can when you're recording it, 
you know, you there's only so much you can do afterwards. You know, people kind of glorify the post-edit process. You can't polish a turd. Exactly. You know, you can only put right. so much lipstick on a pig. Right. And, exactly. and, it, and, and, you know, you don't want your, your podcast or, you know, your video or whatever content you're making to be a pig that later on you're just dressing up in Photoshop. Or, and so you know, what I don't understand about people's editor. philosophy when they say that, you know, y'all just fix it in post. I'm like, right. Okay, well, imagine if you took the amount of effort that you're taking to fix something and imagine then you actually mm. created it properly in the beginning and right. then you use that same effort to make it that much better. Exactly. Why would you deny yourself that opportunity? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who have that uh, um, really kind of obscure uh, attitude that, uh, and maybe it's just a laziness, um, but I think there is over-reliance on computers. I mean, not to get out my old man cane and say, I'm back I'm in my right day, there with you, back man. in my I'm, day, I, wouldn't have no computers. I, well, dude, if, if, okay, <laughs> if you want to look at it in, in the, the most basic possible way, mm-hmm. imagine you're lazy. And that once you're finished doing this, once you finish shooting this, you don't want to do anything else afterwards. Well, guess what? If you shot it properly, you can hand them the files and be like, there you go. You don't got to do a damn thing. That's true. You just cut the time that you invested in this product. You just doubled your money, essentially. Exactly. More time. You just doubled your money. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, that is true. And, like, and so why would you get, yeah, so why, why were you going to allow yourself to be paid half for the job that you could get paid, you know? Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, make sense to uh, think you can just crutch on a computer afterwards because the danger there uh, is that, um, uh, you know, you're going to have no real uh, confidence in what you did. And there is a lot of uh, pressure um, in some situations, especially um, when you're shooting maybe like a wedding or uh, you have, you know, a live event right. uh, type thing. And I think there is some con- concept of people don't want to feel that pressure. And so they maybe want to displace it to later. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it is. There, there there are some people who just think literally you can fix everything in post. Oh, or yeah, it's it, just click, click, and you've totally changed the background. You totally changed you know, uh, the, the exposure, the color, everything. And it's not, it takes time and it, it's, it, it, ne- it never looks right. In and my to my opinion, eyes, like, I, I can usually tell a processed image from a, exactly. from a natural image or exactly. a more, or a, a, a less processed exactly. image. Or it's just like say. I've watched some YouTube videos and I can hundred percent tell that uh, they, they've over edited the point where their arms are just like randomly showing up in different <laughs> places. And it's so obvious that it's, it's off putting. Right. And I understand cutting something so that it's, it's more concise, but when you do it to the point that it looks like you're like some stop motion doll or something and your hands are flailing about, it really doesn't make any sense to me. So, right. Um, but yeah, so well, uh, and that's a good point too. So like, you know, we I feel like podcasting should be, as organic as possible. Right. right. I, I, I don't sense. like the route that uh, a lot of the YouTube videos kind of took where there's like, you know, hashtag no pauses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they just yeah. literally take perfect. out every breath, every um, every ah. And there, well, granted, I, I will admit there are times I do kind of appreciate it. It just, it's the context. Like if I'm learning something, there, I'm like, there needs to be efficiency involved. I don't right. like, you know, just give me the shit so I can go scripted and though. You're, you're talking about something scripted, but, but, but organically right. you don't, you don't want to. Right. And so with, you it. know, with something like this, you know, like we need to have the, you know, there's, there's natural pauses there. There's, uh, 
there's yeah. gonna be lulls in the I conversation. Feel like, I guess the point I'm trying to make is like I I like a more like a long format like right. uh, mm-hmm. leave you know and don't change the context of things you know just kind of let everything flow. Honestly, life is nothing but a bunch of mistakes, man. That's true. You know, That's like correct, why are we yeah. trying to make these weird kind of anomalous perfect things? Yeah. That, Whenever someone uh, uh, points out in something they've done wrong that they or, or in something they're doing some content that they've done something wrong, it inevitably gets included in because it's more interesting, you know, and there's a whole concept of uh, the outtakes and uh, what doesn't make it into something is just as um, engaging as what the content actually is. And so and I, I, I agree as far as a format podcasting for me, at least is more like listening in on two people talking right. or one person talking about right. something versus <clears throat> learning all about something or hearing, you know, a real scripted thing. Now, some right. people it, some less, people less do have a really, presentation more yeah. of a, a just like you're almost kind of sitting in on a conversation going in right. on going on in the other room. Exactly. Exactly. That you're, you know, passively kind of a part of. You know? Yeah. And it's long format. So, I mean, it's it's a lot of content. And I think that really uh, lends itself more towards um, uh, an open-ended, organic type uh, situation. And so, I mean, that's important, too. I mean, there you need some structure, I think, in a podcast. But you need to let it flow. And there needs to be some, some themes and some uh, concepts behind them. Uh, you know. Uh, I agree. Uh, we, we were talking about subjects for, for uh, podcasts and that was kind of like, well, the subject of this podcast will be about, you know, subjects of podcasts and, you know, it'll be a very inception concept that. Wow. We just went know, super meta right there. Exactly. <laughs> that will, uh, what we'll talk about is what, you know, we'll talk about. And so, so I guess our first episode is kind of like the Seinfeld of podcasts. It's like a mirror that points at a mirror, right? Well. And so the the sphere mirror, yeah, the whole it's, concept it's, of what that would be like. It sees its own reflection uh, endlessly, for right. infinitely, um, uh, similar to how you point a camera at the um, at the TV, uh, at the TV that right. it's outputting, and it like freaks out. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean that's the idea is to is to get an idea of uh, the different subject matter that you might uh, want to talk about because there's a lot of different. Um, uh, things, but you want to make sure to kind of be concise. You want to have some focus, even if you are organically doing. And follow it. your. And in, 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 in addition to that, follow your passion. Like if there's something that you yes. ha- are very interested in that you don't think maybe anybody else really cares about or knows about or whatever, talk about it. You never know. Like this is the first time in human history right. that we really. I mean, that we know of. I mean, at least in the last thousands of years that humans have had this much intimate contact with one another right. or like, have had the ability to know this much about each other. Yeah. There's uh really not been a, a time when information has been as easily to be spread and people communicate with each other as much. So it's totally true that you have to kind of uh, consider the different types of people and the different um, subject matter that you're going to be addressing and just try to think about what you would want to, uh, uh, here in a podcast and what you might want in something that's kind of like an artistic thing. Um, you know, I mean, if it's a song or if it's, you know, a a video or a podcast, there's all different types of things, but it's important to, um, you know, uh, throw a little structure in there, I think to kind of give, um, at least a little bit more, um, have like the bullet um, points of what you want to say kind of thing, you know, like just put that down and then just 
to get kind of, you know, to kind of give you a rhythm too, you know, because right. the, the more clearly and the more concisely you can express yourself in your thoughts, ultimately, the more people are going to pay attention and you, the, the, the longer they're going to pay attention. Right, right. And there is a little balance between that. I mean, you don't want to uh, hit people over the head with structure, uh, but you also, if you're so loose and free form, um, you know, people are going to have a hard time kind of sticking, uh, hanging on. And so I think it's a uh, key to kind of, uh, uh, appeal to both sensibilities, um, where you can kind of give people, um, a natural organic conversation, but you can pepper it in with some structured content. That's going to, you know, um, at least guarantee that the people who are there, you know, looking to soak up facts or hear really, you know, nerdy geeked out things are going to get that as well. So, um, and it is tricky, uh, because it's just like, you could get kind of confused between the two, um, really easily because, um, Everything is always a balance of, you know, you don't want A to be more dominant than B and you don't want to um, have, you know, too much structure or too little structure. But um, I think most people will find that out and they'll figure it out on their own organically. Right. Kind of come to that. Right. Conversations tend to have kind of a, a, a lifespan. I don't know if you'd say if, if that makes any sense. Like uh, they, they, you know, they, or they kind of have a life of their own, you know, they kind of they come on, you know, they last as long as they kind of need to. And then you move on to the next thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of segue. Uh, there's a lot of transition. Uh, and sometimes you go off on random tangents. Anybody does, you know, and, I'm and so bad about that. No, I wasn't yeah. saying just you. I was using the concept of sure. <clears throat> just people in general. Uh, and I do it as well. I'm guilty of it. And that's what's kind of fun is sometimes, you know, but then then you get in the classic thing. What were we talking about? Where, <laughs> you know, the classic, what were we talking about? Like, dude, where's my car? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then you, when you integrate, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit of cannabis into that. And exactly. then it's just, oh, man, it's bad news. But but you can often, um, I, I feel like you can uh, kind of explore things you might not normally talk about and uh, get some angles and some ideas that are out there and, you know, and that's what we look to be is, is, is something that talks about music, but isn't just all about music. It's about pop culture. It's about tech as we were talking about. Right. We were really yeah. Passionate. Well, I mean, you really, music, your passion. you know, music is, is a very, if you want it to be a very broad category, because I mean, then you have the production of music, you have the writing of music, and then you have, well, then the people that make the instruments, right. and then you have the people right. that build the studios, that oh, do yeah. the acoustics, you know, it's a very broad subject. There's a huge infrastructure behind it. Yeah. I mean, when you're watching, you know, uh, John Mayer, or you're you're watching uh, Dave Matthews, or you you know you go see Metallica or whoever. There are literally thousands of roadies, uh, producers, oh, engineers, yeah. like, like studio I couldn't imagine what it would take. You know the engineering, the sound engineering right. it would take to do that show. They to have do something as 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 delicate as an orchestra and as hard as fucking yeah. Metallica. Oh, they have crazy trucks. You know, like trailers and trailers of just gear and gear. And yeah, I mean it just. I can't imagine either. It just you must spend a day or two just like unpacking and setting it all up, and it's just a wall of sound, pretty much. And, and I'm wondering if that was a short uh, show that they toured. Oh um, yeah, the symphonic if it wasn't, part of it. If it yeah. wasn't just a one-off, it might have been because they've done I, a couple. I remember the DVD, things. and it was at, it was it was incredible. I was so amazed by what they were able to pull off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're uh, they're. 
there's some bands I like, there's some bands I don't like, but it's tough. Sometimes I can divorce politics from, from things. Metallica is one of those that's like, Oh, is it hard with Lars? <coughs> hard with as Lars. much as I want to like them, the whole Lars thing with Napster now really granted, rubbed me super I feel wrong. like he's the weakest part of that band. Oh, everyone say, you know, he's actually Maybe taken not. lessons. He's taken lessons. It's been, it's been proven that he's taken lessons and everyone would agree that yes, he is. He's, he's the most, uh, upfront personality probably in the band, but he's probably, the, the least musician but what, you know what, I, I do want to add i do want to give him credit like uh, as far as uh drummers he's probably he's better than me i tell you oh but he's better than um, me. I'm not a drummer he but as far as relative talent in the band he's on the bottom right but when it comes to arranging and and songwriting i would say he, he's he's neck and neck with the band i, I really think would. i think there are very obviously this is obviously not a think okay they're a very successful band but here's my big but, but, <laughs> but, um, I don't really find, uh, you know, after uh, master of puppets was considered, you know, kind of a, a metal masterpiece, you know, we we're talking about doing some, uh, podcasts on like, you know, classic or masterpiece classic kind of uh, albums, right. top three or something albums of all time or, or genre type things. And this would be one in metal where most people agree master of puppets is incredible. But after that, honestly, and they lost their bassist. It for me, it's just hit and miss, and I don't really feel much from their songs. They feel kind of manufactured, honestly. They just the newest ones, absolutely. Like, what is it, Death Magnetic? Yeah, I've some got of that them, in oof, vinyl, that and that is really the bad. worst garbage. That's the snare drum uh, one. That's that the one with the, the horrible snare most drum. Horrible, like, dang, dang, recording. Dang. Like, oh, it was He's even terrible. said it's bad. He's even said it's bad. I mean, it's got board distortion on it. Like, they have it's... a they have a couple of them that are really mixed poorly. There's actually an older one, um, Justice for All, where they literally just did not even mix in the bass. Like they just <sighs> screwed the guy over. It was his first album or something. And, really? and and Lars just was like, nope, and just turned the bass pretty much almost off. And they even say there's like versions of it out there oh, where they lame. remastered it that. with it. It's a huge thing yeah, because they're just that. shitheads kind of, I don't know. I, 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 you know. Unfortunately, their music is kind of what's called. That's another aspect of music. Yeah. It's called, their, their genre of music now is called butt rock because essentially they're these. But are you serious? Yeah, it's, it's called that now. It's like when, when, when you eclipse, whenever you go soft, it's like you've been hard, you're hard, you're hard. And right. then you do that soft album, which of course for them was the black album, mm -hmm. you know, and the whole inner Sandman and mm -hmm. everything, even though that's somewhat of a hard song, but it's like every sports arena had to play it, you know, three seconds right. of it, you know, yeah. Jun, 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 jun. and so the whole problem with that whole, uh, concept is that they end up, uh, um, uh, you know, going soft. And then they call that butt rock that it's like, essentially you, you lose a lot of your core audience because you want to go more mainstream well, and it happens all the time, but some people call it selling out. What's you know? interesting though, is I, I actually was thinking about something similar to this uh, either earlier today or yesterday. And, uh, and I can't remember what sparked it, but essentially what I was thinking is, okay, as a band, if you blow up at a certain time right. and like say you're appealing to a certain age demographic, so like right. say your main demographic is like uh, college students, yeah. okay, yeah, you get famous with college students, twenty well, year olds, yeah. Eventually, if you continue and you continue to stay famous and stay together as a band and produce mm -hmm. stuff, like eventually you're either gonna ha you're gonna have to make the decision to either grow with your initial audience, right, right, or try to keep appealing to who your uh, audience was before. So, like, in other words, are people gonna grow with you, or are they gonna outgrow you? Right, and that happens all the time. I mean, some music is meant to be outgrown. Everyone, I everyone, agree. everyone agree that of, like just overly produced pop yeah, bullshit. That, that that you're supposed to like when you're a kid and you have horrible taste. 
It's just like how you like um, raw hot dogs when you're a kid or some crap. And then when you're older, like you're like, I would dogs. never eat that. But just kids don't have good taste buds is what it is, you know? Oh, for sure. I had ki- yeah. ki- Kids will eat weird shit that Plain hamburgers, man. Later plain on. hamburgers. Yeah. How do you plain? And so, uh, but I'm with you is that, uh, and this has always been the argument, is selling out evolving as a band, is it, or is it mainstreaming, you know, and becoming kind of corporate? Uh, well, see, I feel uh, like it's, it's, it, that, that's actually a very interesting topic that I feel like we can go into like more in depth as far as like, uh, because it's a very complicated subject as far as oh, like, very. if nothing else, it's every contract is different in yeah, some way. Like, of uh, between the record label and the band. So like, um, and bands typically have very, very little input and very little oh, control yeah. over anything. It's, it's, it's almost not a like great they're, deal they're, anymore. <laughs> they're signing away the rights to their music in right. exchange to get to play it for money. Yeah. Well, they want that marketing, um, that sweet, sweet marketing, but that's all you get because you, you owe them so much. Like you're right. literally in debt and, for but them for what years. What you were getting before is so like, there's this weird kind of shift in the industry now where like what you were getting before is you were getting a distribution network. You were getting right. access to capital in order to produce the physical media and ship it to all right. the places. And then you had to have places to sell yeah, it. had to have it. And so that's what the record labels control. Like that's mm-hmm. what their job was, was to make all that happen. Of course. But today we have the internet. Digital and distribution. everybody has a phone and headphones. Exactly. And so like if you've got a web, if you can put it up on YouTube. You can record. You just bypass the record. You yep. have more reach than the record industry does because it's worldwide. It happens all the time. It's worldwide. There's a lot of bands that uh, don't, there was a van Vampire Weekend was a band that they actually were on SNL and they were unsigned. No uh, shit. They had they had just a blue CD that they made copies of, mm-hmm. and uh, they were known on like uh, a bunch of co- uh, college uh, campuses. And then they got onto SNL and didn't have a, a contract. and And it does happen. Um, to circle back to the sellout thing, though, how you were talking about, does a band stay the same? Um, or try to appeal to the same audience or do they evolve? And I think that's what gets weird is if a band just makes the same album or sounds the same too much, all critics complain about them. And honestly, you'll, you'll eventually lose your audience. Cause it's like, they're just trying to relive what was good about before. And it's not really happening. But if you evolve, then you might lose your core audience, but you might evolve with them. Or you might say, hey, I'm, I never thought, you know, well, also, I'd like you, a slow Metallica song the, or something. And you, you risk the fact that, what you think is growing may not be growing with your audience. You might actually grow away from them. So then That's you kind correct. of lose both of them, yeah. you know, or you might have actually, you know, spark upon something completely different. You That's know? correct. And a lot of it is probably like you're saying, it's a corporate influence where what happens is, is the more contracty it gets, the more you get deeper into albums, probably the more they're putting their hands in the pot trying to say, Hey, you know, girls don't really like you. We looked at demographics mm-hmm. and girls don't really and you like you guys. Think too, you so know? Like, and, and I know, uh, I know a couple uh, of yeah. uh, friends that have been signed in some capacity. Okay. And from what I, uh, I don't know that they've ever been, uh, let's just say signed twice. So like they've never been offered and then turned down. Right. So like what okay. I, the point I'm getting to is like, normally if you get an offer, you're just like, Oh, this is my chance. You know, right. everything it right. It's my only chance. You the know, like times. if I turn them down, literally no other ones are going to come around the corner. And when, but you really got to think, Dude, if you got one person barking up your tree and they're big enough, you know, like they're from a a, a national enough, you know, brand or a big enough brand. Right. right. Like, well, if I'm attracting them. Exactly. 
I gotta, you know, I've gotta be on somebody else's radar at least. You know, yeah. that's it, that's gotta be someone on the same level, right? But you know, this a lot of people, and you're young typically too. You know, it's competition. Like, right. I mean, sometimes if there's blood in the water, if an, one agent hears that another uh, or A and R man hears that another band is popular, they show up and they all try to feast on it or. You know, they, I've, I've heard of situations where they actually will um, uh, pick up a band and just kick them around and not mess with them just so the other A&R guy couldn't get them. And, you know, it's like they'll almost shelf them in a way and, and screw with them. And there's been a couple bands where I've heard That's stories terrible. about that. And it's a tough, you know, it's a tough thing because if a guy doesn't want to push you forward to his boss, then then you're stuck. You've, you're plateaued there and you need somebody else, you know, to be in their stable. And it's hard to just jump over. So. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm, I, I'm too much aware of it. I mean, most of mine's probably my experience is more from watching YouTube videos and people talking about it, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there's a lot of, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, complication in the music industry. But then, like you've said, now it's become a lot more like a Billy Ellish or somebody. It, if I'm saying that right. It's, it's almost like the wild west all I mean, over People record again. out of their bedrooms now and, and yeah. become big stars. I mean, even, I would even say Justin Bieber was one of those people who he just had YouTube videos, you right. know, and he got courted right. by Justin Timberlake and by Usher. They were both trying to get him to sign to their record label. Oh, shit. And um, I think he ended up going with Usher. Mm-hmm. And so Usher's making money off of Justin Bieber, everything he does, pretty much, you know, because he was, you know. It's a pretty sweet deal. If from what OG I understand, guy. he's pretty successful. So Yeah, even though he's kind of been I, out of the not, radar. He's not my, my, my cup of tea, but, you know, yeah. I understand a lot of people like him. So He's going to have a hard transition. We'll see what happens because seems, to yeah. go from kid well, star yeah, to really adult star to is tough. to have to grow up in front of the world, it's I, really I tough. imagine. Like, that's not easy. There were more times where I just wanted to be alone in my room when I was a teenager than oh, I care yeah. to remember. Exactly. And I can't imagine to not have that. Right. Uh, you don't have a place where you can go and just get away from Always everybody. on you. Yeah. Or, or you're just not able to because you're contractually bound to do X. Or you might be on tour or you That's might right. be in the studio or in... It's like Crimea River, though, right? How, uh, to use I, Justin I, yeah, right. I mean, I'm, I'm I happy for. I know, I'm, right? I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm so sad for your super successful, rich life. I'm I do so hear sorry stuff about that. You. Like Justin, Justin suck. Bieber's depressed. You gotta work. You know? Oh darn, you got a great job there. Justin Bieber's sad. Like, oh wow, oh, you darn. know, I'm sure he can just use some hundred dollar bills to wipe those tears away. Oh, I know. You know? And he's always it, he was always partying and doing crazy stuff early on too. That was kind of like that seems to be. I don't know. He, that was one of his things. All his neighbors contracts, hated man. him. It's it's so consistent between all of them. It almost got, all like, of all of his neighbors. Y- you've got like, to be able to fill up leave. the media somehow with your name. Yeah, because the more your names out there, the more records. Well, he you got arrested, sell. I think, in like a Lambo or something, but. Yeah, and the more the more absurd, the better. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, you want to crash my third Lambo? I, I, I'm week. pretty sure that was trying to be like turn him into a bad boy thing. Like, we need you to be a bad boy. Get arrested. You know, it'll just be a misdemeanor. Which I'm sorry, he's too cute to be a bad boy. He just he doesn't have that. Well, people always say Miley Cyrus looks like him or something, and they like Dude. look a, a lot alike. Someone's like, you've Are never seen the them together. Per- yeah, they're the, <laughs> the same person exactly. Like there's only. They just have, yeah, exactly. (laughs) The one squirrel theory, you know, that's a theory I'm pushing. Any other squirrel you see is just a hologram we'll or have projection. To, we'll have to devote a, a podcast a to our to our theories. Eventually, there'll be other ones. It yes. gets a little more obscure. We'll, we'll get a little bit more into depth into there's only right. one squirrel theory. Yeah, that'll you'll get... Be, you will be blown away and, uh, by the only one squirrel it's theory. It's similar it to the, the birds aren't you real. Squirrels it's similar, it's related, but not uh, uh, directly to birds aren't real. Um, which is a concept that uh, birds are some sort of a uh, uh, spying device um, implemented by the government, and they charge up on the uh, the power lines. 
And so it's very it's it's related to wow. It. That's that's the newest thing. Birds aren't real. That's a plausible. Birds aren't but real. No, but pl- like I, it's funny because I always mon, felt like the same way about like mosquitoes because I'm uh, just like they can't be of, a like, natural drone thing. nano drones. Yeah, they're like little spies, fucking little cameras. Mon, mine's much around. more believable. The one squirrel yeah. thing is very believable. It's it's easy to um uh you know I I I've, I've run several experiments and I'm eventually gonna post them all. Where um, I, I prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's only one squirrel. So stay tuned later on in other podcasts. Um, I'll tease it more, um, probably for for. And the squirrel will guaranteed to be fuzzy. That's true. It's a fuzzy squirrel. A fuzzy squirrel. And but uh, only one. That's only one. He just <laughs> he has a, he's a very industrious squirrel. He gets around really fast, but also he has like a projector. He collects all the nuts. He has exactly yeah all the nuts. And so if you ever see two squirrels, one of the uh, uh, squirrels you're seeing is either a uh, projection, a holographic what you're is image, one squirrel or running back and forth so quickly. It could be him running fast as well. And it just do, depends, and, right? That There's you just a couple can't of, discern it from two squirrels. And, and squirrel. science hasn't been able to really disprove science it. Science has not been able to catch up to, the, so, to the squirrel because he's so fast because he looks like two squirrels. Until they disprove it, it's, it's pretty much truth is how it works. So one squirrel theory, you've heard it here first. Hashtag only on, one squirrel. On uh, Toke Tunes and Talk. Toke Tunes with, and Talk. With Wes. And Joe. And Joe.